first reading from the Book of Wisdom. When one finds a worthy wife, her value is far beyond pearls. Her husband, entrusting his heart to her, has an unfailing prize. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear those words, but I think of my father, God rest his soul, who liked to quote those words about my mother. And you might say, oh, Father, you know those Irish. You know how they get with those words. You know, he didn't really mean it. Well, let's put that idea to the test. I remember uh, when I was a young man asking my father about something that happened to him as a young man, and he just brushed off the question. He goes, oh, I don't remember. And I said, oh, because it happened so long ago? He said, no, because it happened before I met your mother, and life apart from your mother just doesn't make sense to me. Again, maybe just words, but let's see. Fall of 1989, my mother was going to have heart surgery. The night before, a priest, parish priest, dear friend of the family, came to anoint my mother and bring communion to my father. And I still remember father putting his thumb in the oil and reaching out to my mother. And this light went on, and I said, oh, here's a man who gave himself to Christ so that Christ could be given to others. What could be better than that? And here I am. Well, we drop mom off that night for her surgical prep. We go early in the morning to the hospital, wait there for the surgery. Well, we wake up in the morning and we find that the refrigerator had given out during the night. There's water on the floor, the food is spoiled. Now, ordinarily, that's just an inconvenience, but that means you don't know my mother. My mother had a personal relationship with all of the appliances. This was like a death in the family. So I told dad, here's what we'll do. We'll go see mom, she'll go into surgery, go get another refrigerator and that'll keep dad busy. So we're walking towards mom's hospital room and dad shoves me out of the way, runns into the, refriger runs into the room and says, Sue, the refrigerator died, we lost all the food. This is great dad, this is, this is just how we planned it. And then my father, my mother sits up and says, don't buy a refrigerator till I get out of the hospital. I know you, you'll go to some little store and pay top dollar. Wait for me, we'll go to Sears. And I said, I'm losing my mind. I said, mom, you know, they're gonna crack you open like a lobster and poke you in the middle with sharp things. And you're talking about the refrigerator. And I said, dad, what, you know, we had a plan. And my father turned to me my soft-spoken, mild-mannered Irish father turned to me, red-faced, with tears in his eyes, and thumped me in the chest, and he yelled, You don't understand! Your mother is the only woman I've ever loved. I can't lie to her. Maybe that's just words. Mom came home, Mom had the surgery, after the surgery, she had a stroke. She came home and had a mastectomy and then had another stroke. And for the next 15 years, dad was the sole caregiver. Wouldn't trust anyone to care for mom the way that he would. So we were surprised when dad died first, giving mom's health history. And I grieved as a son, but I grieved more watching my mother grieved after 53 years of marriage. And sitting there at the wake saying, I can't believe this, I can't believe this, my Aunt Josephine, herself a widow, said, Sue, are you mad at him? And she said, yes, I am. She said, well, then why don't you go tell him? 
And my mother, who usually didn't get around very much, popped out of the chair, because being Italian, what's the point of having an emotion if you're not going to express it? So I walked her to Dad's casket. She dragged her bad, bad leg behind her. And then she reached out to him and said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And a couple weeks later, I said, Mom, how are you doing? And she said, well, every night before I go to bed, I pray that I can dream about him. And if I dream about him that night, the next day isn't so bad. And I only wish I could dream about him more. And she died four months later. So the question I put to you is this, was that merely a natural love? Were they sustained only by goodwill and good intentions? We know that this is how sacrificial love works. So if you were college students, whom I would usually preach to, I'd say, here's the question for you. Most of you are going to be called to the vocation of marriage. How do you get ready for it? And I would tell the students one word, and you're not going to like it. It's purity. Purity means to be undivided, undivided in body, heart, and soul. Purity means that I will not give myself to what God has not provided for, and I will not receive into myself what God has not provided for. And purity leads to light. Purity leads to light. Remember, our Lord said only the pure shall see God. So then we turn to St. Paul, and St. Paul says that you are not in the dark. You are children of the light and children of day. And what does that mean for us in the crazy world that we live in? What my parents knew when they got married in their 20s, what they knew is that they would stand before the altar of God. And my father would say, I promise before God and man, I will love this woman so well that when people see how I love her, they will say, that must be how Christ loves his church. And my mother knew that she would stand before the altar of God and say, I swear before God and man, I will love this man so well that when people see how I love him, they will say, that must be how the church loves Christ. Now, my parents were as human as anybody else, believe me, and yet, my father had said, we made promises that day, and so did God, and our only choice was to make it work. You can't live that without the grace of God. My parents have been gone, it'll be 20 years this spring, and since that time, more and more, I find myself scandalized by the way married people treat each other, by the way married people talk to each other, by the way married people talk about each other. My parents were as human as anyone else, but they had a reverence for each other because they loved Christ first. What's the moral of the story? Young, old, single, married, curmudgeonly old celibate like me. What's the moral of the story? We need to pray for purity, because only the pure shall see God. We need to pray for light, because we know that only in light can we love 
in a way that can be sustained by Christ. And we know that we can love only in union with Christ. So if we pray for grace, for purity, for light, and for union, then please God, at the end of our days, as we finally run out of time and into eternity, we will hear the words that we were meant to hear, that we long to hear, and if we don't hear these words, our lives will have meant nothing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, enter into your master's joy. May God's holy name be praised now and forever.